When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, but anyway, I grew up there, and uh, there was this church there that is really prominent in this kind of like cultish uh, fundamentalist group. Mm-hmm. And What's that- your advice to people that grow up in a very religious household, but they don't share the same beliefs as their parents? The majority of the time, most people are just doing the best that they can with the information that they have. Mm. All right, welcome to the Digital Social Hour. I'm your host, Sean Kelly. I'm here with my co-host, Wayne Lewis. What up, what up? And our guest today, Travis Trappell. How we doing, Travis? What's going on? What's up, man? Thanks fellow, for uh, me, Yeah, fellow cool. Vegas local. Yeah, man. Yeah, I've been here for a minute. Yeah, longer than us. Oh, not you. Uh, I've been here for a while. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I've been here for a minute. Yeah. How many years have you been here? Uh, Just over five years now. Okay. Oh, over five years. Yeah. Yeah, I've been here longer. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good yeah, for yeah. you. Yeah. Where, where are you from originally? Uh, California, LA. Oh, same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Nice. So give people the rundown on your story for those that don't know you. Sure, man. Um, I'll start from the top and you can dive in whenever or when, wherever you want. Cool. Um, so grew up in LA area, mm-hmm. um, a town called Lancaster. So it's like, oh yeah, Northern, Palm, Palm yep, Dale, Lancaster, Lancaster, yep. ABC. Yep. Yep. The, um, not a great part of California to grow up in. It's but like when I when I tell people I'm from, I'm from like SoCal in LA, mm-hmm. they have this picture of where I'm mm-hmm. from and I'm like, well, no, no, no. Let me let me show you an actual picture. Of yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like Lancaster is yeah, not yeah, yeah. is not it, you know. Um, but anyway, I grew up there, and uh, there was this church there that is really prominent in this kind of like cultish uh, fundamentalist group, mm-hmm. and that was where I spent basically my entire life until I was like twenty one. So, in the church, yeah. Um, so the church, uh, when we started going there, I was like three. Mm-hmm. And when we started going there, there was maybe a couple thousand members, fifteen hundred members. So it was already yeah. like a pretty sizable That's church. That's a lot. Yeah. By the time I left, there was almost eight thousand members Jeez. of the church. Seven thousand. One church. Yeah, it's pretty wild, especially because considering it was like this, it was. It's called IFB, Independent Fundamental Baptist. Okay. Um, so like we were like we. So when would you say not, cult-ish, what is yeah. cult-ish? So I'll kind of explain it. And part of the reason I call I don't say just a cult is just like I feel bad when I watch people that were like, they grew negative, up on a commune yeah, in yeah. like the middle of new mexico or something yeah, it's like yeah. well that to me feels like more like a cult, cult like yeah. we were still in regular society yeah, right it's just that due to the nature of the fundamentalist group there's a lot of the same stuff that's being used so mm-hmm. um so like in ifb independent fundamental baptist we wouldn't associate or fellowship with southern baptists because they were too like too liberal okay. for us you know what i mean so is it two different beliefs or is it all the same Bible? Is it- It's the same Bible. Mm-hmm. Uh, Southern Baptists will use different versions. Independent Fundamental Baptists are KJV only, like King James Version only, mm-hmm. and every other version is not the Bible. Mm-hmm. So like if you're reading from an NIV or ESV or RSV or something like that, mm-hmm. they'll just tell you like that's not even the Bible. It's not even the same book. Wow. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas Southern Baptists are a little bit more lenient and will you know let people read from this version or that version. Okay. Um, depending. So I basically 
uh, went there for church. Obviously, mm -hmm. we had church Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. Um, and then we had Sunday soul winning morning, on Sunday. Saturday, uh, which means soul winning is basically just like go knock doors and buy people to come to church on Sunday. Right. And then they had a soul winning rally mm -hmm. before we went out soul winning. So like that was like a mini church service. Yeah. And then I went to the school that was on the church campus and the school that was on the campus was um, uh, private enrollment. So you really grew up in the church. No, like literally I was there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The That's what I'm saying is like, That's different. It, was, it, was, it was private enrollment to school. Yeah. So only, only members of the church could send their kids to the school. So wow. were you ever curious about like other high schools, regular high schools or the outside Not at world? the time. At the time. Not at the time. Cause I, at the time I just was like, I, I thought everything that I was being taught was so correct was normal. that I was, just, yeah, totally normal yeah, and yeah. correct that everybody else was the weird ones. You know what I mean? Oh, okay. Um, so yeah, I grew up there from, I was basically there seven days a week, except for, you know, summers, uh, because wow. we had Sunday morning, Sunday night church. So Sunday morning church was like Sunday school and then big church, mm -hmm. like regular church. And then there was a break and then we come back for Sunday night church. And at Sunday night church, our pastor would always do two different sermons on Sunday night. Wow. Jeez. So then we'd start school on Monday at the same campus. We'd have chapel during the week, which is essentially just a school, a church service for yeah. the kids at the school. Um, and then I went to that school from kindergarten all the way through senior year of high school. Wow. So, so yeah. were you a, a, a virgin until you were married? Yep. Yep. So wow. I graduated high school. Wow, there. you're different. Graduated high school. <laughs> Shout out to Policy Genius, today's sponsor. The holidays not only allow us to spend time with family, but they are a reminder of how important our responsibility is to protect them. That includes planning to secure their future. Life insurance is an easy way to give your family peace of mind, provides a safety net so if something were to happen to you, your family can cover expenses while getting back on their feet. Luckily, Policy Genius can help you compare your options from top companies and their team of licensed experts are on hand to talk you through it. You never know when you'll need life insurance. I've lost some loved ones over the past few years, and unfortunately, none of them had life insurance. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $292 per year for $1 million of coverage. Some options offer same day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. Even if you already have a policy through work, it may not offer enough protection. So check out Policy Genius. Your family deserves peace of mind. Head to policygenius.com DSH or click the link in the description to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you can save. That's policygenius.com DSH. Uh, <laughs> then there was a, a Bible college right. on the campus. Same a campus, Bible college on the Bible campus. College, unaccredited Bible college on the campus wow. that pumped out people for ministry. So there's like eight total majors that you could go major yeah. in. So obviously I went there. So did most of you guys go there? Um, I would probably say like maybe half of the kids who graduated from high school would go there at least for a year. Cause like, you know, Mormons do their two year mission mm -hmm. thing. Yeah. Um, in our culture, it was like, it, it, they would use that as like a way to almost guilt or pressure you into making sure that you went to bible college for at least a year okay so a lot of kids would come out and go to bible college for a year get their they had a one-year bible certificate that you, wow. that you would take so there's a bible college i didn't know um, that yeah that's yeah, a whole thing i mean it seems like y'all had y'all own actual community like home ecosystem yeah, that's what i say like so people, people. Yeah. yeah i mean uh, no what you say oh, eight thousand okay. i was gonna say but 8, in a community of like where we lived that's a massive church and especially for that particular denomination it right. would like it's easier for community churches to get that big because they're not they're not forcing these like crazy fundamentalist yeah, yeah. guidelines and rules down your throat. Interesting. Right? You know, they kind of just let you come on Sunday morning. They have drums and stuff like that on stage. It feels okay. like a- In yours, you're talking about yours? No, ours oh. did not. Oh. Like we did not have drums. We didn't have guitar. Mm -hmm. Like I didn't listen to real music until I was like in my twenties because it was all bad music. So wow. 
so did you marry the woman yeah yeah the woman you're with now you grew up with her yeah so we uh we started dating when i was 16. okay um Mm -hmm. and then yeah so we both went to the bible college Mm -hmm. on the campus so literally from time i was three till 21 it was like there three to 21. then i went to kindergarten all the way through senior year of college on the same campus wow and then i married before a semester before i graduated um which was actually I was done with school. I graduated. Yeah. I, I finished in three and a half years. Got so I finished in December. Got married in January. Walked. Got my degree in May, and then um, and then so moved did you, away. Did you ever rebel? Mm. Was there a time that you were rebellious or you were so curious about everything or you questioned anything? Not when in I was regards, there. Not when you were there, but afterwards, you kind of everything about my life is totally different now. Okay. Yes. So you did rebel afterwards. Correct. Okay. And how was that? Like, why, why was that? Yeah. I, uh, I would say it was less rebelling as much as it was just a discovery process of who I was. Cause like when I, when I left there, um, basically like if you go to school there, if you go Mm. to the ministry school there and you don't go to ministry, it's like, it's really, you know, frowned upon. It's like taboo. Mm. And so when I was leaving, I, I, I was doing door to door sales in college to make extra money. And I was getting offered these promotion stuff. I was pretty good at it. And so when I went to talk to my pastor, who's like the head of everything, there, like he's mm-hmm. the president of the college and right. he's the pastor. And he's like one of the most looked up to and respected people in the entire IFB movement. Okay. And so there's, you know, he's for lack of a better word, he's micro famous in that world. Like we're talking about micro famous influencers. Right. He yeah. is one of them Got it. just okay. for IFB pastors and, and people in that culture. So when I met with him, I didn't want to tell him that I wasn't going to go into ministry or that I didn't want to go into ministry, mm-hmm. you know? So this pastor offers me a part-time, he offered me like, he basically was just like, come to our church. We want you here if you, if you, even if you're just a layman or if you wanna work part-time or if you wanna work full-time, we have something for every position that you would want. Right. We just want you to come, mm. you know, be a part of our our church culture. And that was up in Fresno, mm. um, which is like three hours north of Lancaster. Yeah, I know where Fresno is. So I basically uh, was just like, well, this seems like the best opportunity that I can go mm-hmm. do. And then uh, what ended up happening, just so I could tell people I was going to ministry, is I accepted the part-time position mm-hmm. and then kept my full-time sales job selling solar um, at the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so I never actually like worked in ministry because by the time that I got there, I just like I had enough clarity within like three weeks to be like, I'm ministry. I, I don't think this is for me. Wow. Um, and I uh, just went went into sales. What's your advice to people that grow up in a very religious household, but they don't share the same beliefs as their parents and they're looking for other avenues? It's tough, dude. Um, it's tough. I, my, my advice for people is, is normally just to ask questions um, and, and recognize that the majority of the time, most people are just doing the best that they can with the information that they have. Mm. And That's so I, I try not to, I, I try not to hold grudges or like yeah. look back with any spite or hatred or feelings mm-hmm. of anger toward like those types of things. Cause I feel like it, it limited me in, in a lot of capacities. Right. So you did um, go through that phase at one point. Um, not, not really dude, honestly. Cause like there's a lot of great things, you know, yeah. life is what you choose to look at. Right. You know, there, there's, there's a lot of negatives to how I grew up. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a lot of positives to how I grew yeah, up. You met your wife. I have my wife there and and she's awesome. And we got lucky that we made it through the whole transitioning out of that world together. Mm-hmm. Um, it was definitely very tense during right. some time. Oh, times so she in transitioned out too. Correct. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was after me. Okay. So there was definitely some like rocky, you know, yeah, rough, moments, yeah. rough times, yeah. you know, during that. But now we've made it on the other side. Like mm-hmm. it's almost like trauma bonding, you know what I mean? Because yeah, we right. went through so much together. 
and we've known each other for so long. So do you still, do you, are you into church now? Or are you kind of just like, no, no, I haven't been in a few years. So you're atheist now? Um, no, I wouldn't say atheist. Okay. Uh, atheist? No. <laughs> Damn. To be fair. My bad. I jumped, I jumped the gun on that one. To, to be oh. fair, you are not the only person that just immediately assumed that I left and <laughs> became atheist. An, like atheist. Yeah. yeah. Devil worshiper. Um, no, I, uh, uh, I, I would not classify myself as atheist. I would just yeah. say that um, my belief is that uh, nobody knows. Okay. Mm. Everything's intrinsically unprovable, including what science tells us, you know, like mm. evolution, all that stuff. Like, well, they from what prove, I can tell. Didn't they prove there is a soul, though? I mean, who? Mm. Who proved it? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, mm. sh show me the evidence and, sh you know what I mean? Like, right. and even if, even if that's the case, that doesn't tell us anything about who gave us the soul where the soul goes mm -hmm, what happens right. after we die like everything is speculation so what so what your beliefs is your belief right now is nobody knows correct yeah so, so like so the best about, estimation that i can tell yeah is that most religion in my opinion again everything that i'm about to say is my opinion um most religion is 80 to 90 percent bs Whoa. and 10 to 20 percent correct wow mm. so because they all teach the same stuff like if you look at like if, if you look at it like this core group of things mm -hmm. like values right hey probably not good to people probably should be kind to your right. fellow human beings mm -hmm. probably should value love over hatred mm. like probably should be accepting of people right you know like these core values and like tenets of faith and religion right. are all good and great things right and there's a lot of things to learn from every single religion right philosophically right right the bible's still a fantastic piece of literature regardless mm. if you believe it's the word of god or just a, a book mm -hmm. um but uh but every religion has some things that are correct and most religions agree on those things. Like mm -hmm. I said, those universal kind of basic principles of love right. and kindness and, you know, those types of things. So what where about, they start messing up are mm -hmm. the 80% mm -hmm. where they just start putting in rules. Right. And the rules are largely based on religious context, cultural context, what part of the world the religion is in, right. um, the history of that religion. The and those are came subjective rules. Yeah. Everybody might not agree on They're them. subjective and mm -hmm. they're, like I said, they're, they're all they're all intrinsically unprovable and most right. of the time when when mankind comes up with those types of things it's usually to bridge the gap between the known and the unknown it's that we know these things to be true because mm -hmm. we can ob observe them and mm -hmm. see them in society but these things we don't know anything about them right. so in order and, and you know we can't live without certainty so in order to be certain yeah. we make up all the things in between mm -hmm. and then teach it from generation to generation as though those things are fact or so true. let me ask you this question so since you've, you know, parted ways from the from the religion or church aspect, has your life been any different in the sense? Is it good? Is it bad? Or is it just normal? Or is that a belief in the sense of once you actually separate yourself and you believe in what you believe in, that your life will be in shambles or not as, you know, yeah. not not as good as you want it to be? Mm. In your opinion, like what what has anything different? Has anything changed or anything? Like that? I mean. For in my opinion, again, I think my life has significantly improved. Mm. However, I would say that I grew up, I grew up really fundamentalist. Like mm. it's not totally fair to compare what I was used to as a church to experience to not even to where I am now, but to where the majority of churchgoers would right. be. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like yeah. they didn't 
when I, when I tell people I went to church growing up, they're like, oh yeah, me too. It's like, no, 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 no. I went to church. Yeah, yeah. I was in church. Yeah, right. Yeah. It's like, it's different. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. So like, it's, un, it, I, it's kind of unfair to yeah. use my anecdotal experience right. to negate all of church. And I'm not even saying, I, I, I rarely talk about this stuff. I'm happy to talk about it and I'm fine with answering questions, but right. I rarely talk about it because I don't want people to think that I'm trying to actively remove them from their religion. Or they'll get offended not, by your beliefs or yeah, it's just not, what it's you not, say. Yeah. I, I don't, I, I just do not care what you believe about it. Mm, like okay. it's just your belief is your belief okay. and good for you if it makes you feel happier if it mm -hmm. makes you feel connected to mm -hmm. god or the universe and it yeah. provides mm -hmm. a good moral and uh, structure and 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 value hierarchy for your life and for your kids and for your family mm -hmm. more power to you gotcha. we live in america you have freedom of religion and that's totally good gotcha. and right. i have no intention of removing anybody from their religion mm -hmm. this is just what, what i've found believe. to believe yeah. okay. for myself over the years that makes sense and i and i think um yeah, I think you know I've I mean? done a people lot of would, thinking about it and I've done a lot of studying about it. You know what I mean? People would probably argue with him and be so mad that he's saying the stuff that he's saying because they want him to believe what they believe. Mm, that's that's the that's the biggest problem that you deal with that a lot, I'm sure. It's the biggest problem that I have, man, is like I just as soon as you start telling me that I'm wrong, that just starts problem. getting into this conversation of yeah. like I first of all, we can't have the conversation unless the other party is willing to admit that they could be wrong, right. which is the first step mm -hmm. that most people in any sort of at least dogmatic religion will not even take. They will not nice. take that first step toward you. Right. Yeah. They will not admit that there's an inkling of a single like minute percentage of a chance yeah, yeah. that you could be wrong. They or won't allow themselves to even understand your angle and your point of view. They That's what I'm saying. They well, won't even give you that. Because yeah. they know they're right. Right. Which are they nobody knows that. Yeah, I was going to say. That, yeah, and yeah, that's yeah. kind of my whole yeah. foundational principle yeah. at the beginning of this conversation right. is like nobody 100% knows. If they're telling you they're 100% no, it's because the religion doesn't work if you're not 100% because that's that was always the question. It's like if you're not 100% for sure that you're going to heaven, then you're not going to heaven. Right. And it was like, well, how can you be 100% for sure that you're, you're going, going to a man. place that you don't even know exists? Right. Like you, oh, oh heaven exists? Can, okay, take me tell there. me I'm not Show going. me. Yeah, yeah. Show me where heaven, like, take me there. Like, yeah. we'll walk through the streets <laughs> of gold together, and <laughs> then maybe I'll, I'll work on it. You know what right. I mean? But, like, we're assuming that based on this, like, 2,000-year-old text right. that a bunch of people wrote a long time ago. Like, we have no idea if that mm -hmm. is true. Mm -hmm. Now, that doesn't mean that you shouldn't live your life in a way right. that helps make sure that you have the things that you believe will are there waiting for right, you but that right. doesn't mean that i'm wrong right you know what i mean like yeah. it just is like uh so if you're if you're not willing to at least be like yeah i could be wrong then i don't i, I don't no i don't point. ever get into the conversation because yeah. it's not a conversation because nah. i know that because i've been there yeah i was that guy that would that would try to have conversations with people but it was never it was never to listen and like understand where they mm -hmm. were coming from and gain empathy and insight into their life mm. and see the world through their eyes it was never yeah. for that it was always listening until I could convince them that they were wrong. Right. And I'm just not willing to get in those conversations with those people so because you, there's nowhere to go. What uh, do you think your life would have been like had you been raised normal? I don't know. Were you like a reckless kid or you always like kind no, of straight edge? Like, like the reason I was so bought in before is like mm -hmm. I'm pretty much kind of, I'm, I'm just all in on whatever I do. Okay. You know what I'm saying? So did I you I ever think play I, sports? Did have football? I played football, a lot of basketball. basketball. Okay, okay. Yeah, I played He's a lot nice, of basketball. nice, man. Oh, yeah. He's good. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just uh, whatever I did, I just I just mm -hmm. I, basketball was my thing until mm -hmm. I uh, uh, was in college and I started on door to door right. sales, 
So yeah. I was on the basketball team in, in again, this is like a small Christian college. We played some D3 schools mm -hmm. in SoCal, like um, some of the Skyac Conference, yeah. um, Whittier and Laverne and some of those uh, some of those uh, schools. But um, uh, when I got in college, like I told you guys kind of jokingly before, I was like, oh, I can't play basketball with these people and mm -hmm. I'm not gonna have a career in basketball after this. Yeah. And I was started making good money selling. So I started taking my focus away from basketball and put it on yeah. sales and business at that point. Um, what were you selling? All in. Solar, right? Yep. Solar. solar started in solar. Yep, yeah. did door-to-door uh, -door for like five, six years. Solar, um, alarms, water purification, mm. um, and then started my started yeah. my podcast. Oh yeah, I wanna dive into that. You started one yeah. of the most successful business podcasts in the world. You had on guys like Shaq, Paul Pierce, uh, Chris Hansen. Yeah. How were you able to scale to that level? Um, time a lot of time and reps because mm -hmm. um, you know I was, when i was starting i was starting from scratch mm -hmm. I, I essentially i essentially was coming out of this bible college world yeah. with no real life skills mm -hmm. um, well actually i take that back there you was a big life, life skill that yeah, i had yeah. was which was communication yeah uh, because i was speaking in front of people since i was like 12 years old oh. i'm doing preaching contests and singing and right. competitions and speeches and mm -hmm. all this other stuff which i don't think i would have had nearly that amount if i had grown up normal right um so that was an advantage but there was a lot of other, like it didn't it didn't help me get a job is my point mm -hmm. it's like you're not going to walk into a place and be like here's my unaccredited church ministries degree <laughs> right yeah. you know <laughs> what i mean like, you got. yeah so um i just did sales because mm -hmm. i could make real money you yeah. know because I, I was like oh i can make six figures at 22 mm -hmm. knocking doors mm -hmm. instead of going and sitting in a crappy office working for somebody i don't respect and making right. twenty four thousand dollars a year right um and i did it in 20 hour work weeks you know so i was like this yeah. is sweet yeah it's just that I knew that I didn't want to do it forever. Mm. And I figured that making money online was probably the move because I like to travel and I wanted more freedom and flexibility right. in my schedule. I want to be able to make money when I'm gone. Mm -hmm. And so um, so the podcast was just kind of like my foray into learning how to make money in any other way mm -hmm. than the way that I already knew how to make money, which was door-to-door -door sales. Right. Um, so I started the podcast without any intention or knowledge about not maybe not intention but definitely not knowledge uh i didn't have any knowledge about how to turn it into money or how to make a business out of it or yeah what i was even doing um, <laughs> even got on the mic and just started yeah i was talking. just like i just want to uh have in good conversations with interesting people, people yeah. in entrepreneurship yeah. i didn't know any millionaires at the time i didn't know any successful people yeah. at the time wow. so i was just like this seems like a good way to go meet those people yeah. and right. like learn directly from them and and get a glimpse into a bunch of different industries right. or business models and types of things and just kind of see like what what's out there so when did you like, actually start building traction when did you realize like okay i got something uh probably like year two year three um it most was a people while stop by then oh most for sure. yeah two most years two, two, two three years 90 percent yeah. of podcasts never make it to episode 10. wow 90 yeah. crazy there's over 4 million indexed podcasts now and less than 300,000 are active. Wow. Yeah. Um, for that exact reason, because it's hard even and it takes enough. a long time, yeah. especially yeah. when you're starting from scratch. Yeah. You know, it's like, uh, the your model is better. Like go make a lot of money first and then start a podcast yeah. because you can put production into it. You can bring in good guests. You already have a good network. Have it's like, yeah. yeah, there's there's something. Yeah, I'm there. glad I waited. Yeah. 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 You got wisdom. You can actually really relate to your guests. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But at the beginning, it wasn't like that for me at all. Yeah. It was just like I was interviewing three people a week for mm -hmm. two years before I gained any real traction. Wow. Um, so and how are you that's finding 300 guests? interviews, you know? Just emailing? Um, yeah, email, Instagram DMs, going to events, conferences, right. joining masterminds. And that's why you started Guestio, right? 
Yeah, yeah, I started yeah. Guestio because people, like the number one question I got was, how did you get so-and-so on your show? Right. Mm. And so Guestio kind of kind of came out of that. It's a great idea, yeah. man. He mm. connects guests with mm. podcast hosts. Oh, that's yeah. fire. Yeah. And like vice versa. Almost yeah. like an agency in a way. Yeah, so we you have the software mean? side yeah. that it's kind of like a do-it-yourself version. You mm -hmm. can go on there, create an account, pitch people yeah. back and forth. Yeah. Um, and then we have an agency side oh, as well sorry. where we do all the work for you. Yeah, that's yeah. fine. So normal people can get celebrities on their podcast. That's yeah, that's, the, yeah, that's the gist. That's, that's, if you have the money anyway. That's the dope <laughs> idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> for sure. Um, which is another reason to start a show with money. But yeah, so it took took a while. Um, started kind of realizing it when people just kind of kept asking me for stuff. Mm -hmm. And that was the first version of the business. Like the, mm -hmm. the, the way I, the way that I stopped doing door-to-door -door sales was doing like podcast coaching and masterminds. Right. Because it's just what people started asking of me. Yeah. And I was like, I'm, I'm not super smart, but I know that if people are asking me all these questions all the time, it probably means that there's a demand here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I should probably fulfill that. Demand. Right. No, I remember so, meeting you at the you might as well start being super smart. Oh, that's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was yeah. really impressed with your podcast at the time. Yeah, it's yeah. so funny, man. Um, I think I was talking to my wife or somebody the other day. I joined that mastermind and I was looking back. Um, I think we're gonna we're gonna try to use that like intro video for something, you know, because yeah. they sent us the videos of introducing oh, yeah. ourselves that first night. The Bruce Buffer intro. Uh, yeah, the Bruce Buffer. What one. mastermind was it? Hundred million mastermind. Fleischman's oh, yeah. mastermind. Hundred million. Who? Fleischman. Dan Fleischman. Oh, yeah. oh, oh, okay, yeah, Dan. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> I, I, it wasn't even the Bruce Buffer one. It was like where we were, what we said before Bruce Buffer. Oh, okay. And I was like, this is unusable. <laughs> because I didn't even have like a business sucks, at the man. time. I was like, oh, I think I got up and said yeah. something like, I'm a podcaster. And it was like, that was all I joined the group with. It was like, I have a podcast and like I yeah. sometimes coach. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? It paid off it though. Like, but you made it some, did pay off. Sometimes though, yes. that's enough. You know, you, yeah. put, you, you put yourself in the, in the industry and you master it. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Travis, it's been a pleasure. Any closing comments where people can find you? Um, no, dude. Uh, uh, appreciate you having me. If you want to connect more, Travis Chapel on Instagram at Travis Chapel. Um, sorry for taking up this whole time talking about religion and nah, no, it was interesting. <laughs> I mean, I think, yeah, I think that was different. Yeah. You know, I mean, so. get a different perspective and different understanding of your upbringing and you know what what it's like growing up in a cult in a way. Cultish, yeah. cultish, cultish is yeah. That's, uh, I can't, I can't bring myself. Yeah, I, I have too much empathy for the people that grew up on like. Yeah, right, it's right. different though. Yeah. Being when they were nine like that yeah. it's just like uh, okay yeah, there's levels too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like i had it i had it pretty nice yeah wayne uh you can follow me on instagram at the creator it'll pop up around like somewhere in here we they'll, always change up the spot yeah they'll, they'll, <laughs> they'll know how to do it. all right sean <laughs> kelly digital social hour i'll see you guys next week peace peace